Coming to you from the Vow Exchange in Kansas City, Missouri. This is Catherine. And this is Amy. And you are listening to the I Do Rescue Podcast. Sweet 16. Are we recording? We're recording. Oh, okay. Yes, I just yes, hit I record. You can't see me hit record. That's okay, though. <laughs> now I got to start being funny. Oh, Dang no. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to I Do Rescue, episode 16. Woohoo! Coming to you from beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. And it is beautiful today. Good Lord, is it beautiful. It is yes. beautiful. This is uh, Amy Rizzo. And Catherine Hogan. And, and we're here to uh, share our podcast, which is not for planning your wedding, but just to question the whole damn thing. So yes, we're indeed. here to poke at the industry and uh, sort of uh, tease out all these traditions that we just do because that's what we do and we don't know why we do them anymore. It's just kind of, it just was the way it was and who knows if we even want to do that. I don't know. You know? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So. We've been we've been talking about this for 16 episodes now. We're getting ready to talk about it for 16 episodes. Yes. and uh, I'm excited about today's topic. I am too. We are talking today about catering and food and all of the things that go into we haven't done any episodes that really touch that topic quite yet nope and we have a lot of things to say about it i uh i have have an opinion or two about it (laughs) and i love this because amy's the one who has like this like rich thick catering background and experience so she's got she has all she's like boy do i have something to say oh my gosh well i mean (laughs) yeah i love to cook i uh I spent many years in a catering kitchen cooking uh, and also, you know, ho- you know, like working events and, you know, supervising things like that. Uh-huh. But, and I, so I've seen one of the coolest things I'll tell you is that, you know, I love Kansas City. I don't know if you know that about me. <laughs> so wait, so you're telling me you love Kansas City? I, I just want to make sure I understand. I, I don't, sure I don't hate it and, <laughs> and I love it. But, um. One of my very favorite things about that job is that I got to go into some of the most beautiful homes. How cool would that be? Like, oh my God. All those beautiful homes. I'm suddenly jealous of your past. (laughs) You know, it would be like, because I mean, the stuff that these people have, I mean, art collections that you wouldn't believe and like, oh my God, the the kitchens, you know, so much money, so much freaking money. I think that would be fascinating. Well, the the, the personal homes and then also the venues that are around Kansas City, like to get, because I would imagine you get to see the underbelly of some of these, like, like we, we drive past it and see it and it looks pretty or, you know, walk in the front door, but then you get like the backside and get to see everything that's in it and how it (laughs) works and what makes it dick. And And sometimes it is quite like a backside. (laughs) (laughs) so you what you're saying is you get to see yeah okay never mind warts and all i can go nowhere good warts and all but you know i mean but it was i will say i mean we have other things to chat about before we get into our topic but i remember going to don and adele hall's house that was like one of the like (gasps) did you really get to go to their home i did we catered a uh something there i just got goosebumps dude so I mean, just it's yeah. unbelievable. It's like being in a museum. I swear. Wow. Okay, the, for those th- listening, these Don and Adele. So everybody's familiar with Hallmark cards, right? The uh-huh. cards that you probably received your whole life. Don and Adele were the sort of like the, not the grandfather, not the grandfather. They're the grandfathers of it. The great great grandfather yeah. would have been Joyce Hall, but then they're the next generation down yeah. uh, for Hallmark cards. So that's yeah. that's really exciting that you and actually they got to were be there. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, not only did they obviously build Hallmark, they also the city. One of the reasons why we love Kansas City. This is we're going to do our own little, you know, Kansas City. <laughs> 
Kansas flavor podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, Kansas City is special for many reasons. But one of the one of the big things is that it's a big art city, and the people who have money in our town, the Kempers, the Blocks, yes. the Halls, all just pour their money into the arts. I mean, yeah, the co- did I say Kaufman's? Um, it's just, yeah, it's it, it's amazing. I yeah. mean, if they've got money to spend, they're going to spend it on a performing arts building or a museum or whatever. And it's it shows. You yeah. Know? So uh, going into Don and Adele Hall's house, uh-huh. I mean, they have a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just insane how incredibly beautiful it is. Pictures on like somewhere. They have a pool yes, in their front room. That, yes. Like you walk in, it's like a little <laughs> kind of like, I would call it a foyer. That's really underselling it. And, uh, <laughs> it's like a greenhouse. Really. It's yeah, yeah. It's like floor. It's, you know, basically it's a vaulted ceiling. It's very modern. It goes up probably, I would say 30 feet. Um, you know, clear, st- you know, windows at the top and uh-huh. then, you know, it kind of just ducks down and back and then there's a, there's a pool. How cool. A huge pool. Really? And the line. And it's not for swimming. Is it just for, like, just like a, it's like just for, like fish and koi and like. No, like, it's for swimming. Oh. Like, it's for swimming. There's little cabanas so, all the way around. And, and the this pool. is in their house? In their home. Like walk right in the front door. It's like, instead of this being your kitchen, it's a pool. Huh. It's, That's it's crazy. phenomenal. It is. I mean, uh, obviously. And and the pool is lined with little tiny one inch, um, kind of like blue mother of pearl tiles. Oh, really? It's just I mean I I, I, I could go on and on, and I will not Goodness. waste my time to going into this. But <laughs> this anyway. is interesting. This is this feels like a like a verbal version of the the, the, the homes of the rich and famous. The lifestyle. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I always tennis Lifestyles <laughs> of the rich. What is it? The what is the show? Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or or my new favorite show on what's it on? I think it's on Netflix. The one that's I always Did you say Nutfucks? Nutfucks. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> on Nutfucks. <laughs> this is a uh, an ongoing joke from the <laughs> previous episode. Hopefully you guys will get this. Uh I say Nutflix sounds like I'm saying Nutfucks apparently. So, but yeah. on Nutfucks. Um no, there's an <laughs> there's this show that I love to make fun of and it is so it's almost it's kind of half entertaining and half insufferable and it's it's called Extraordinary Homes. Oh, I say God. it with an extreme British accent cuz it's exactly yeah. how they sound. And every time I say it, my husband just rolls his eyes. He's like, "Oh god, here she goes again." Oh and, my god. And it's so hard to watch cuz they're these homes are bananas. Like they're just like they're they're like so unlivable almost like yeah like you know like they push the limits of how homes are supposed to function i guess like technically it has a roof over your head you know? <laughs> technically you're out of the rain and the elements so i guess that would make it shelter better. seems like such a such a sideline <laughs> right it's like yeah it's a, like talk about form follows function it's right. like good lord what how how is this intended to function like yeah. this is crazy oh my god it's interesting to watch but yeah so it almost sounds like that like this crazy <laughs> sw- you walk in and it's a crazy swimming pool it's like sure yeah. why not you know it's but extraordinary heads and I, extraordinary home. <laughs> I don't know. I turned like into Scoutfire. <laughs> British accents, and normally British accents are really fun and like you know, like beautiful to listen to. Uh-huh. But like, the funny thing is, if you watch the show, you learn that like the British, at least these British, everything is said with a question. <laughs> it's it's like this very passive communication. You would never just call out something, you know. Oh, it's really awful, or it's really you know. It's, you know, it's kind of this and it's kind of that. It's always said like, it's a little odd, isn't it? Like everything is like, it always ends with a question. Like, you know, and it's like, you know, it's always so lovely. You know, it's, it's sort of, 
you know, unexpected, isn't it? Like everything is ending with like a question. <laughs> like you would never actually call it out for what it is. You're going to say, oh, but is it? You know, it's like kind of like, wouldn't you say it might I be? I don't know. <laughs> like leaving it up as a question and it's yours to dis- to accept or deny. I don't know. It's really so funny. do you recommend that I watch this show? Yeah, actually I do. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's entertaining. I love it. You know, it's a couple episodes. <laughs> my friend, uh, my buddy, Kurt Vile, that I talk about from time to time. He's uh, <laughs> I love how you're like my he, personal friend. Yeah, yeah my personal friend. <laughs> He is, and um, he always he's on his friend's podcast a lot. It's uh-huh. like the best show, and it's like this three hour meandering <laughs> podcast on which ours is getting about. dangerously close to. <laughs> yeah, right now, <laughs> yes. previous episodes. And so they talk. They call. You know, they Kurt Vile will call in, or he'll be there on set. You know, and one of his favorite shticks is to do Robin Leach impressions. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll always his thing is. Uh, tennis anyone <laughs> and he'll throw it in at like whatever like random you know uh times and i i and i i guess hearing him talk about it i was like oh god i forgot all about that guy robin leach <laughs> yes. you know he's so but, weird well that's what i think he died yeah. recently. Uh, uh, oh recently well not like <laughs> like like last, last week no. <laughs> like this like, morning like a, no. a year ago maybe or so more than that but anyway oh, okay. yeah but i kind of forgot all about that and like in yeah. the 80s and watching that show and like yeah. all the all the weird stuff he would say. Yes. You know? <laughs> it is funny how like the British have like the corner on all things like pretentious and like, you know, upscale. Like somehow it just makes it fancier. If, right. it, if it's done with a British accent, so this is my terrible British accent. <laughs> I think, I don't know what this is. I think it's just me with a, like a thing in my throat. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no extraordinary hounds. I do. <laughs> I, I oh just, my God. <laughs> once I get to saying it, I can't stop. <laughs> it's like, it's really, I, and I, I am sitting here struggling to think about, about how the hell we ended up on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I remember it. now, but it was like, wow, that we're was talking like, about we, okay, <laughs> rewind. We were talking about um, the catering job that oh. you've done <laughs> and, and, and yeah. how the extravagant, extraordinary <laughs> places you've done catering and yeah. catering jobs. So, um, that's, yeah, that, that would be what that's from. Uh. Oh, and the other thing about British accents is like, they always draw out. I know I'm pointing at you. <laughs> oh, and it's, they always have to like, um, draw out their vowels so like an extraordinary hems like it's this like really <laughs> yeah. long vowel that like and like they say that with everything like there's all these like um, comments that they make where it's hello like, yeah like <laughs> oh it's so extraordinary or it's so beautiful isn't it like it's like it's hilarious like how they isn't oh it's like it's, it's like so funny and like <laughs> and like it's almost like after you watch like like when I watch one episode of it I'm like okay this is a fun show and and after like the third episode, I'm like, I cannot take another British accent. You got to shut it I'm up, lady. I can't do it. Give me my yeah. toppy American, you know, <laughs> any day. Oh, my God. Where's my kid rock? That's <laughs> true. Oh, my God. That is. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So. So. Me and British accent. So tell yeah, no, me no, no. about your weekend. You had Dude. a wonderful b- a birthday celebration for your for little Sophie. Sophie turned eight. I cannot believe she's eight. She's awesome. I'll never forget when I first met her and she was. I went three and she farted on my lap. She sat on <laughs> Catherine's lap naked and farted, farted. immediately. And Catherine's like, I'm like, she's so charming. <laughs> and Catherine's like, you know, like when you touch a piece of dirty underwear, like get this thing off of me. <laughs> what is Here's this? Your child. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> uh, that's Sophie. I just can't believe. Yeah, she's eight, and it's so it's so fun to see her. Like she's cool. she's like no longer like this little child. Now she's like. 
She's starting to show those signs of like that tween, preteen. We you took know. her dollhouse out of her bedroom last night. Oh my god! For her birthday, I bought her office supplies because she is that. I told you she's got like. <laughs> She was so excited. Now they were I cute. They were remember, cute. I remember loving that kind of stuff, like pens with like fuzzy shit on the back yeah. of them and like glittery things. Yeah. We found, I found World Market, you know, yeah, they yeah. have everything cute. They, uh, it's a little wiener dog tape dispenser. Oh my God. <clears throat> you know, and this cute little <gasps> body. I want it. I know. And the tape that they put in there is uh, like little hot dogs on the roll. <laughs> And it then is. it has a um, of course it is. a little dog bowl, uh-huh. magnetic dog bowl. For like paper clips? Yeah, little dog bone sh- shaped paper clips. Oh my god! By the way, though, Why just use your imagination for a minute. Like, t- uh-huh. So the, the shape of a dog bone, uh-huh. right? Okay. Put it on that, put that on a piece of paper and tell me what that <laughs> shape looks like. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was one of those ideas that sounded better in uh, in the boardroom than, than, than in reality. <laughs> Oh my God! That is. Please take a picture of that and put that on social media. That an eight-year-old likes better than a. <laughs> oh my God! Anyway, it was that fine, Catherine. So I'm so exhausted from this weekend and Aww. weekend. But we went to a Royals game with her dad. We um, had a really nice dinner. We had um, a freaking six-person par- sleepover. At wow, you're a brave woman to do that. Okay, so long. It was a long weekend. Oh, and so the the. Um, the thing I did this weekend that was super stupid was we were talking about double booking yourself, you know, oh, like, yeah. like adults that can't manage their fucking calendar. Yeah. I do a pretty good job of managing my calendar, but yeah. every now and then I make a mistake. Oh, no. And the issue is that I had signed up to do a half marathon mm. months ago. You know, you do that stuff right. months ago. It like, seems totally innocent. No big deal. Yeah, whatever. But not yeah. connecting the dots that that's also your daughter's birthday weekend. Well, yeah, because I could have done it the weekend before because her uh-huh. birthday's on the ninth. So we could have done it the weekend it before, kind of the between. weekend after. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's fine. Let's do it the weekend after. So, you know, we agree- I agreed to host a slumber party for six little girls. And after running a half marathon. After running a half <laughs> fucking marathon. Oopsie. So that <laughs> was poor planning on my part. Uh-huh. And, um,. <laughs> You know, and of course, you know, and I couldn't have just ordered pizza because that would have been, you know, my dog doesn't really like pizza. You know, that would have been too easy. So I decided to make, you know, ribs and macaroni and cheese and, you know, like uh-huh. cook them dinner. Wow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Goodness. But I did Aww. invite all the mothers to come over and hang uh-huh. out with me. So we just. How it was fun. That was a blast. I have cool friends. And yeah, they are. So, so like the girls are like what upstairs playing and you guys are probably sitting out back and, yeah, and the nice because we- it was nice weather. And it was great. Yeah. And Aww. the moms are really cool. And I was like, you know, there was a point when we were all sitting out in the backyard talking and I was like, God, you know, I have I have catered a lot of events and you hear a lot of people talking. You uh-huh. know, you get to overhear party conversations. Yes. Which is, God really helps helps correct your. <laughs> Correct your uh, trajectory at party conversation when you oh. hear other people talking about like, yeah, they've been talking about purses for an hour. Like, uh-huh. I can't do that. I, I usually gravitate <laughs> to talking to men because You're like the fly on the wall. Like, good Lord. I, are you serious? <laughs> You're talking- when the fly is so bored, oh it f- falls off the wall. <laughs> no, actually, you know what women like to talk about at parties is how they shouldn't be eating what they're eating. Oh, my God. I really shouldn't be eating, but it's so good. Oh, my God. I hate that shit. It's like, just fucking eat it <laughs> oh my God. and shut up. <laughs> Up. I hate it so much. I don't eat. I don't eat carbs. Okay. I don't care. You know. C- congratulations. Congratulations. Golf clap for you. 
awesome. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I was, there was a moment I was sort of like, you know, stepping back and looking, you know, listening to these women that I'm friends with. And they're like, you know, for a long time we were talking about, you know, neurology. And then they were talking about, you know, behavioral issues with kids. And then, you yeah. know, 8,000 other things, taking a step back and, you know, listening to the conversations we were having. And I was so I was just thrilled to to know these women and not, uh-huh. you know, not, they're not the super boring conversations about what's in their purse. No, they're not talking <laughs> about what's on their, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, even the parenting conversations are very real. They're not, um, I don't know. It, it, and, and they're smart, they're really yeah. knowledgeable, you know, and they're like, one of them is a nurse and the other one is a massage therapist and uh, another person is an academic advisor and. Emily, you know, yeah. is the, you know, an edit, you know, editorial writer at Hallmark, probably uh-huh. pretty high up. Uh-huh. And, you know, they all have, I think, pretty interesting jobs. But just I was I love that. You know, yeah. I love talking to I think that's interesting kind of different, actually, with our culture, because like, you know, just a generation or two before us, um, mothers were professional moms you know like they didn't have the two things like they weren't moms and career people but for folks who have have, have that sort of job of you know motherhood as well as like a career in something else yeah like the diverse conversations that could come of that right well i mean and also just gotta be pretty unique nowadays yeah i mean and 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 i don't know i mean i i you know, I, everybody thinks their friends are the best, you know, but sure. I, I think, I mean, and I, you know, I love hanging out with you and Kristen too. I mean, and again, like I love the silliness and As how non-mothers, fucking yeah. ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. you know, the conversations get, but also it's just really like, ah, you know, these people are cool. These people are interesting. I can't believe uh-huh. I, you know, this conversation is happening in my presence. <laughs> I'm usually such an idiot. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Yeah. But it was a really freaking long weekend, Catherine. Yay. I'm, I spent <laughs> most I'm sure of the day. I'm very glad that's over. <laughs> oh my God. The time when you're like, when will this weekend end? <laughs> It was a week and it was just <laughs> nonstop. Both sets of parents, you know, tons oh of gosh. fighting, you know, always oh fighting. Having all you those know. people in my house, that would be my, like an energy drain. I would have nothing left. Dude. Yeah. And, you know, it, one of the little girls had to go home in the middle of the night on Saturday night because yeah. you didn't feel good. Poor you know? thing. And it's uh, an age like in between where some, some kids are like totally fine with it. No bigs. Right. And then there's other people who are like. I'm not quite ready yet for those sleepovers. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like... And it was the first one, you know. Was it, it really? Oh, Yeah, and it was Julia's first one, and she had a blast, and she Aww. wasn't sure. And actually, Emily was saying to me, like, Wait, I'm so that glad. was Julia's first sleepover? Yeah. Aww, and uh, Emily, Julia's mom, was saying to me, because I, I, I don't want to get too far into this sure. on the podcast, but... Julia is the daughter of one of our, our officiants, yes. but she, you know, Sergio is also a personal friend yes. and we really like his wife and actually she stuck around yes. and hung out with us for a while. And as a background, these guys were my friend, my close friends from whence I worked at Hallmark and yep. that's how I'm associated and connected with them. And Sergio is a brilliant man who is now put his life into um, faith studies and you know, he's one of our officials. chaplain. But I'm also equally, in fact, I was friends with his wife, Emily, before I knew him and so yeah I, we've been pals for a long time and now everybody has kids and i love that it's so cool and to Sophie see and his, you guys so he, hanging out like it's so girls. cool yeah and, fun. but it was really cool too that emily was saying to me emily is julia's mom saying 
you know, we were always wondering what her first sleepover would be and that like, <sighs> how would we feel about letting her stay somewhere, uh-huh. you know? And she was like, so such, I was, I was so excited when I found out it was you because we oh. know you, you know, and it's somebody that you can trust and yeah. you know, like and you're actually personal friends with we're personal yeah. friends and that you know that their house is going to be safe and you know that they're uh-huh. going to take care of your kid the way you would. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a big deal, you know? And I'm so glad that we, we were able to do it. And anyway, Sergio sent me this beautiful text yesterday complimenting Sophia and what a wonderful kid she is. Oh, and how glad. I take that as a high compliment. I said yes. that too. I said, uh, coming from you, Sergio, that means a lot. And I've he, always said I need to start a, a, a fan <laughs> club for Sergio. I think we'd have a lot of members. I know there's a lot of people. I mean, and Emily, too, I mean, but the two of them are amazing human beings. And but like, yeah, like there's nothing about you know Sergio is just like he well, de- he deserves his own fan club like well he's, he's just, on our website if something. anybody is listening to this <laughs> and wants to know who this <laughs> mystery man is he's on our 15 minute weddings yeah, he's he the official guy who officiates all you know all of those that are on uh, on that web series and super cool and dude. he does other our other wed- weddings too it's not just the 15 minute weddings or the right. mini ceremonies but but yes he's he's a fantastic person so oh that's really cool yeah great weekend <laughs> though I mean God we've got to get our topic yes top. let's do oh it <laughs> I know. Uh, well, okay, so so we're talking about as we kind of you know preluded earlier extraordinary extraordinary kitchens extraordinary eating. So we're talking about <laughs> catering today, and um, and specifically around the topic of the complexities that surround feeding large groups yeah. of people food. And um, and the reason why we want to talk about this is it seems like there's a trend out there from what we see on, again, on, on advertisements, social media and, and, you know, how weddings are portrayed out kind of out in the wild. Yeah, <laughs> that, that uh, weddings typically feature a sit down meal. And I and I kind of understand the methodology, the reasoning behind it, because yes. like, you're inviting people who like probably in the old days, families live closer together. Friend, your friends were all here. And, you know, it wasn't like you could have cake in the basement of your church. And that was pretty normal because you were going to see each other for a Sunday dinner next week anyway. Right. Right. But now we live in a world where everybody's scattered to the winds. Right. So people live in other states, other countries, so that if you are having a wedding, you kind of want to host something that's worth the trick, the trek, the journey to get here. So you want to feed your guests. You want to feed them to a nice meal. Now, that seems like a logical thing to do to make it worth the while of your f- dear loved ones to come join you in the celebration. Mm-hmm. But the tr- the truth of it is, it's a lot more complicated than that. And we're going to talk today about how, you know, uh, how venues are, you know, being asked to accommodate what is essentially uh, like a pop-up restaurant. And we've talked about this before in the terms of furniture and furnishings and like you know you're setting up tables and chairs and a floor plan and all that bullshit that goes around that Mm -hmm. but that's just like the dining area part of a restaurant yeah we haven't yet talked about the fucking like what it takes to actually make the food right you know at a restaurant and and how venues aren't that so um and i'm gonna let you kind of lead this because you you kind of have the literally you are the kitchen woman like you've been in the kitchen <laughs> uh well yeah i mean i would say that you know as we have spoken of in many episodes like you said about the the pop-up restaurant mm-hmm. um you know you, in, in most situations you know unless you're like in a hotel 
you know, right. you know, banquet hall or something like that where they have a big massive kitchen. Um, you know, you're going to be basically creating, creating a kitchen, creating, uh-huh. creating a restaurant in, in, a, in whatever various space that you're, that you're having your event. Right. And, um, I was, you know, when Catherine and I first started talking about this topic, you know, there are, I think a lot of things that, you know, I was maybe bringing up about, you know, the shortcomings of, of, you know, preparing food for that, for a large group, especially when people are, you know, having the expectation of like a fine dining experience Mm -hmm. and how many pitfalls there are in that. And that, um, you know, it's pretty common to on a, on a, you know, when you're getting food on that level that for that many people, Mm -hmm. um, that it's going to be pretty subpar. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, if I can, you know, there's a certain smell that comes from a kitchen uh-huh. that is using a warming oven. Uh-huh. And that smell is, it's kind of like, and this is such a gross analogy, but this is what I think about. You ever bought clothes from a thrift store? I know you have a weird thing about used fabric. So maybe <laughs> you said yes, but, but it's a little easier because I can put those in the washing machine, but yes. Right. <laughs> but have you ever noticed uh-huh. when you get it home, uh-huh. it all clothes from a thrift store have a smell. Yeah. And it is the smell of like collective whatever a collective life before you yeah <laughs> that is what happens to food that has been cooked separately you know your potatoes in one pan and your chicken in another and all mm-hmm. that stuff and then it goes into a warming oven mm-hmm. and it just sits in there and it just sort of absorbs all the other flavors of the other food while it's just sort of getting i, I don't know like not optimal you know uh-huh. <laughs> right 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 and Ooh. there's like and i whenever i would walk into a kitchen it's like that weird cafeteria smell you know what i'm talking uh-huh. about it's just like yeah. all foods the smells of all foods together like co-mingling uh-huh. there's no like distinct like oh i just smell steak you know right. it's not that because that's like being cooked right now the the yes. the one course of steak yeah, yeah. like oh that's garlic in the pan you know it's mm-hmm. no that is like it's like this weird mix of all of it you know at about? the same time yeah because you're, you're, you're it's warming the entire meal and bringing out the, the scent of all the foods at the same time yeah that have already yeah. been kind of cooked it's just a sort of weird anyway that is what i think of when i think of eating a fine dining i'm saying this in air quotes uh-huh. dinner in a in a large scale event space right so we want to kind of pull apart what the heck, you know, but A, like you said, we kind of know how we got here, but, you know, thinking through that experience and, you know, you know, not so much why do we do that, but, you know, it's more complicated than yeah. just picking, oh, I want to have steak dinner and we'll just plop it down in this, you know, whatever, 300-person th- hall, and then the, everything will be great. Right, right. It's way more complicated than that. Right. And um, we are going to talk about today, you know, we're going to be like a little bit behind the scenes, and I'm going to give you a little, you yeah. know, insight into what I've learned over the years and, you know, like some, some tips that might help you in that decision-making process. Because, right. Because... Um, you can do it. You can do a really inexpensive um, meal, or you know, uh, uh-huh. serve your friends for you know cheap. Or you can you can have a nice meal in a big event hall. Right. Um, there are ways to do it. You can have that steak dinner, but the, you know there are there are there are trade offs, and and, and um, you know 
sometimes uh, you know you get lucky and you know somebody who can help you with that or you meet up with a caterer and they can help you with that uh, but a lot of people don't know those people right so, right um, but you do yeah you know those people yes it was really great um, when you brought this topic up forward because again like I don't know like I I like food. <laughs> I'm human. I eat food. I like food. <laughs> I have more food. I eat it multiple times a day. Yes. Um, and I've been out to restaurants and, you know, I've dined out just like everyone has. Right. And, but, but it's funny is that, you know, beyond, you know, again, the tables and chairs and the atmosphere yeah. of the dining hall, like the, the dining area, you don't really think about what goes on behind oh behind the scenes and right. what was interesting when we were t- first top- talking about you know fleshing this topic out was the realization that yeah you know when you go to a restaurant you sometimes like you get a reservation and you you know and like say I wanted to get the reservation for seven o'clock uh, but there was nothing left right so I'm like okay so I'll take the one before six o'clock and then you go in and the restaurant's practically empty you know like yeah. there's all these empty tables I'm like well they could have totally sat us at seven you know as, as it gets towards the end of our dining time like there's still all these empty tables and it's yeah. well after seven so like what what, what gives else? yeah what the heck and and then what what this conversation brought uh, uh, to my attention that the dining hall is not the area the dining area is not the indicator of of the capacity or what a what a restaurant can do it's yep. it's what's in the kitchen the staff that's there working the available equipment stoves ovens all that stuff you, there's a maximum number of guests that can be fed simultaneously you know and like simultaneous orders of all the things that are on the me- menu, which are, by the way, you know, at a restaurant, dozens of things. Yep, exactly. And, you know, that they can make simultaneously for, you know, about maybe 20 or 30 guests at a single time, right? And that's a lot. That's a lot of people to feed. Like, so you're carrying plates out to 20 or 30 people, you know, who are ready to ready to eat at that time. And then all of the rest of us are still deciding what we want to eat. And, exactly. you know, they stagger it yep. so that not everybody is getting their food in the restaurant at the exact same time. Exactly. That's not possible. Right. And in, I think I, I, I'm trying to remember if we talked about this before we started recording or not. But uh-huh. I was saying that, like, yeah, you know, what I think, you know, when you go into a restaurant and you are paying X amount of dollars, 20, 30 dollars a plate for a fine dining experience, it's because that chef or group of chefs or, you know, sous, sous chefs and whoever else is in the kitchen making this whole experience happen for you are cooking this meal yes. for you. Yes. You've ordered it. You've, you know, t- whatever specifications you have and you want your, you know, meat done this way and mm-hmm. you know, don't cook it too much and leave off the green peppers. I'm allergic or whatever. Like this right. chef is making this meal for that you. That is your personal meal. Exactly. Yeah, and custom, so custom to order. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. and each individual's steak or, you know, uh, piece of chicken is grilled with, you know, whatever, whoever it's going to, you know, right. most of the time. And, you know, those sauces are fresh out of the pan and there's something really special about that dining experience. Right. But those kitchens are, you know, are designed to, like you're saying, you know, like they're staggering, you know, the, the reservations, the, the reservations and, you know, Obviously, when a kitchen gets really busy and they have a lot of orders going out at once, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot to handle. But that that is what that is what they are designed to do. Right, right. But, but what's what's fascinating, though, what what came to my attention in this conversation is that you know, yeah, so you're at a restaurant and you're ma- you know you're you're ordering your food to order, right, made yep. to order, 
and um, and it's only about 20 or 30 guests in the restaurant. You know, yeah. I mean, that's like an average. Some restaurants are bigger and they have bigger yeah, kitchens and bigger areas. Yeah, you got a cheesecake factory situation. Right. You got like a lot, go- you know, a lot more a, going a, on. Yeah. It's a perfect analogy. <laughs> a phone but book of a, of, a, of a menu too. So it's like, Oh my gosh. I would so never wish that on, like, on anyone. Working in the kitchen of a, of a cheesecake factory sounds like. I know. It's bananas. I often kind of wonder how Fuck. that works. But, Fuck um, that. <laughs> <laughs> All the way to like those, you know, more fine dining establishments that have like a nice varied menu, but like it's just one single page, right? It's not yeah, like a, exactly. yeah, it's not a phone book. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, but what's interesting is that, you know, so we have an expectation of what we, you know, expect to get the flavor, the 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 quality it's hot food it's you know and then um but then like taking that to a large event where you have not just 20 or 30 people but like 200 300 people even 100 people so that's a lot of people that are all going to want to eat about the same time you're not going to want to watch you know table five over there you know you know finishing up their you know their rice pilaf before you've ever even been handed a dish of anything so yeah so um i think that uh just like with our previous podcast that we've uh, had where we talk about the idea of form follows function right so um, so it's kind of like, you know, I think that's, it's, it's easy for couples who are starting to plan to kind of be like, Ooh, I have a vision this, you know, this, this beautiful event hall that has a super modern looking, mm-hmm. you know, um, chandelier. And I love the, the layout of it and the tall windows and it's has so much character and so much charm and Ooh, wouldn't it be nice to serve a delicious meal in this venue? Right. And like you start adding up the, your wish list without ever knowing if it's going to actually add up like an equation, like those things actually don't go together. And um, so I think that we uh, wanted to sort of explore this topic through the lens of what is the most important thing to you about your wedding? Is it that beautiful venue with the tall windows and the, the beautiful chandelier or is it, you know, that really nice meal plated meal mm-hmm. you know because those two might not be able to happen at the same time like that might not actually be a reality right. to do well, both and and you know again uh there you know there are varying shades of all of this like mm-hmm. it's not like not to say that you can't have a, a nice you know elegant meal in a in a space that has a maybe a, a beautiful it's a beautiful venue but a subpar kitchen it can happen but it it is tricky and you really have to make some really you have to make some hard decisions right you know it may not be that made to order you know every right. single piece of steak individually grilled that's not going to happen right for 200 people right right so yeah but, so, yeah so. yeah. so I think so I think we're gonna kind of look at this through three different lenses that are typically um, I think are good places to start when thinking about okay hey I'm planning a wedding what is what is my priority in mm-hmm. this event and so um, is it is it the menu? Is it what you want to serve to your guests? Is that your priority? Like you, like you are just you, you've been to weddings that have buffets and that's boring to you, or you not particularly. Or like you a definitely fan. want to have barbecue ribs, or you want fried chicken, right? Yeah, you know, whatever. You have an it is idea. In your head. Again, like those guests are coming in from far and wide. You want to make sure that they have a delicious meal when they right. come. When and I was getting married, mm-hmm. I think I said this before. When I was uh-huh. getting married, but didn't. Um, I really <laughs> wanted to have uh-huh. my family because we're big cooks. I wanted to uh-huh. have their. Their, some of their food included so my dad was going to make homemade ravioli uh-huh. so like yeah. with that in mind so then that that uh, that decision you know opened up a whole other you right. know list of decisions that had to be made right so like where could you know all that all that stuff I so yeah 
the analogy for this I use is sort of like getting dressed in the morning. Like, have you ever mm-hmm. tried to get dressed and like you sort of start with a like a pair of jeans and then you put a different shirt on and then you put on shoes and like the whole thing just doesn't go together and yeah. you can't decide what you want to wear that day. Yes. You know, like you kind of keep going in this like decision loop. You have to start with one thing and build your outfit around it. I think that's so yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of the same idea. So uh, like pick the thing that is most important to you about your wedding and then build the rest of the wedding around that. So um, the uh, so yeah, so the menu is one part of it. The venue is another part of it. Like if you are you know really want a particular setting, yeah, well, you definitely yeah. I mean you're you're getting married in a, in a church and you have to have the reception in the basement. That's that's already yeah. been predetermined. You know, po- yeah, possibly. Yeah. Or or there's a venue that you just are in love with. It's mm-hmm. like you know it has this really beautiful outdoor terrace and fire pits and all right. that cool shit. You know, like you just want you know like this and and that's something we see a lot in Kansas City. Like the 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 competitive market for venues is thick there's so many venue options yeah. and they're all beautiful they all have they all are figuring out like people want these really unique you know, charming um spaces yep. to have gatherings but you know there might be limitations to that but exactly. uh, but is that the most important thing to you or is it your budget you know like you've got a set amount of money and you can't go over it And, you know, how are you going to make this thing work given what your budget is? So it's like kind of those, that's the kind of the lenses we're going to look at. Yeah. And then the other considerations there, in addition to your menu, venue, or budget, is also looking at the time of day that your event is happening. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if you're, you had brought up earlier, if your um, ceremony ends at noon, guess what you're serving? (laughs) Exactly. Or if your ceremony ends at five between five and six. Yep. Guess what you're serving? You're yeah. serving lunch or dinner. Yeah. Like, or or, or right. you're or you're the world's biggest jackass because right. you have it. Right. You're like, all right, well, have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, we have said this many times. I mean, obviously, expectations. You don't have to. You don't have to feed people, but no, it's yeah. kind of crummy, especially if you have invited them into town. Right. To, you they know, bought a plane ticket. Yeah. They're spending money on the hotel room. So right. Yeah. Making it yeah. worth their while. Yeah, yeah. We do understand that. So. Um, so time of day, you know, so maybe, you know, thinking about, you know, are, are you going to, you know, have your ceremony end at two so that now it's in the middle, it's genuinely in the middle and you can get away with cocktails and snacks. Yeah. That kind of thing. Exactly. Or later, or a later night ceremonies, like start your uh-huh. ceremony like after dinner, like at, at eight o'clock seven or eight. That way then, everybody's eaten. And now uh-huh. it's like, we're just going to have this really romantic ceremony and have some dessert and, like and aperitifs and, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a million ways to do that. There's, yeah. you know, you, and it can, by the way. I mean, we're going to get to this, but it can be fancy. It can be fancy and inexpensive or fancy and, um, you know, uh, not necessarily a full meal. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So as you were saying, you think about the time of the day that you're serving people. Yeah. Also the taste of your group. Yeah. Who do you, you, do you have a lot of kids that are coming or old people with dentures? Yes. Or, (laughs) or like, yeah, where all those, you know, sort of fancy kind of daring you know flavor combinations yeah they're like sort of like why is there foam on my steak right i love that (laughs) what is this this? (laughs) why are you serving me a shot glass with a little (laughs) miniature spoon and food in it and then of course kids are equally like (laughs) what like this is not familiar pizza please yeah no totally so i mean that plays into those decisions so let's talk about let's talk about the scenario where your venue is your priority. Yeah. You well, have ha- you have your heart set on a place that you think is beautiful. And, um, you know, so 
what options are going to be available to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want to say something really quickly. And I think this is, you know, as we're getting into these, like these three different, um, you know, the priorities, you know, whether it's your menu, your venue or your budget. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> if you do have somebody in, in your life that you can chat with, you know, and who can consult you, even if mm-hmm. it's, even if you don't pay a wedding planner for the whole kit and caboodle, it would maybe be worth, you know, just a $50 sit down and consult, you know, consultation fee just to get some, you know, some information about your day, because these, these are huge considerations and it can sh- completely change the trajectory of your whole day. Yeah. And having somebody who can kind of walk you through, um, just, you know, like, like we're talking about, you know, like, if, you know, if you are planning on having, um, you know, uh, you know, fried chicken, well, you know, then you need to sit down and talk with somebody who can help you say, well, that's not going to be able to happen here, you right. know, or um, first, the first question is, you know, if you're going to get married at this venue, we need to go down and look at the kitchen together. You know, right. that's, that's number one. So right. I feel like if you can involve some, if you do have somebody in your life, <laughs> reach out right. to them who can help you. But um, in this particular case, we're going to, we're going to kind of walk through, yeah, like you were saying, three different lenses, three different scenarios. Yeah. yeah. So, so if it's a venue, so you're in love with the venue and and you're kind of looking at it and you kind of want to know what options are available to you. And to your point, like if you're talking to somebody who has some knowledge, they could say, okay, so this venue has a prep room and that's all they have. So these are the things that will work in this venue. So, right. So let's, let me, let me explain a little bit mm-hmm. what, about what Catherine is saying. So in your venue, like again, you've, you've already chosen your venue that, mm-hmm. and, and this is your scenario is that, okay, well, we've already booked the guild. Right. Okay. Beautiful space. It's got an amazing chandelier. Yeah, cool All right. bar. Beautiful bar. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. Outside kinda. patio area. Yeah. yeah, it's really cute. Cool light fixtures all through the space. Subway tile. Nice anyway. bathrooms. Yeah, neat, neat space. No kitchen. No kitchen. Okay, uh-huh. so let's say you know you come to me, Catherine. You say, oh, oh, I've got the guild booked. Uh-huh. For this you know, day in June. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's so great. you know, I so here I am catering. Uh, consultant to you I say uh what's that kitchen look like or I've been in there and I can say okay okay so Catherine listen uh-huh not all kitchens are created equal right you know that that kitchen is a room with a few metal tables they I think they have an ice machine mm-hmm. and uh that's about it they yeah. don't have a warming oven they don't have a stove they don't even have a sink running water if you don't have running water you have just limited your options significantly right okay so um not to mention it's it's not particularly sanitary but it's also it limits what you can do in that space um you can't rent like i mean you're gonna have to pay like just one little thing that you would never know like you have to pay an extra fee for all the rental plates that you get because you can send them back to the rental company not rinsed but they will charge you double right because now they have to wash now they have to wash they have to get your three day old or two day old because by the time they get it like what monday you know it's your event was saturday so it's been two day old food yeah stuck to that plate cooked to it nasty right plus it's disgusting so yeah so like just not having a sink right there can like throw things off immensely yeah so you know you're so when we go into okay you're at the guild you know uh you know i'm gonna say well what do you think about having somebody who already has it like cater get jack stack to bring you something you Uh know (laughs) or we'll talk about you know what kind of food do you want you know uh 
but you know when you don't have a kitchen you don't have like I said no running water no stove you're extremely limited whoever is going to be catering that is right. going to have to be basically doing all the cooking off-site and everything is going to have to be brought into that room ready to go ready to go yeah and they might even have to rent a warming oven because anything that is not you know piping hot is going to just get colder by the minute as it's in transit to you right so because it because it left the catering facility maybe like say <laughs> at you know uh, at four o'clock and you're not gonna and you're not gonna scenario, sit down it's gonna be five. an hour between yeah. the time it gets cooked and in your in your mouth actually, best case yeah I mean that is it's probably gonna just be the more time like it two. takes to get to the venue right so wh- from wherever <laughs> your facility is unpacking all that stuff bringing it in setting it up yep putting it on a plate and then when actually handing it to the guest and having them take their first bite if you have a kitchen like that uh-huh. and i don't know if i'm going on into this topic too too much but no, with the okay, venue yeah. yeah um you know and you have a sort of eh, not a kitchen it's not a kitchen it's right. a it's a it's a, it's a prep, prep space right. that well but you had mentioned earlier we were talking about events you used to do at uh, Trinity Lutheran Lutheran tri- blah, blah, blah. Trinity. I <laughs> think Trinity it's called. It's called. It's not. It's not Trinity Lutheran. It's um, Faith and Holy Trinity. I think. I, I, I can't remember the name okay. of it. Anyway, it's downtown. Okay. Beautiful yes. church. Uh-huh. They obviously have a humongous congregation. Right. And they feed them there, and yeah. it is a full kitchen. Right. You know, um, gas stoves. You know, as far as the eye can see, two twelve burner. <laughs> Gas, uh-huh. you know, gas ranges, you know, big, massive industrial ovens, you know, tons of workspace, Table space. huge walk-in, you know, yeah. cooler refrigerators. I mean, everything you would need. Restaurant uh-huh. level, some, bigger and bigger and, some, and clean. It's probably and, what the the cheesecake factory kitchen looks like. They have uh, washer, <laughs> right. you know, um, you know, like the automatic, you know, washing machine, you uh-huh. know, whatever the dishwashing machines. I uh-huh. mean, it's those are the best. Right. And yeah. and you could, you know, like yeah. I said, if you have you have a good caterer, yeah. they can, you know, grill or or you know, saute every piece of fish individually. Right. Or, you know, um, you know, cook your steak. You know, right. basically, I mean, and again, 200 people still going to be pushing it. Right. You know? Right. I mean, but you, it can happen. Right. It can happen. And the other thing to consider, too, with that venue. Um, so the kitchen piece of it mm-hmm. um, and what the limitations are versus what the facility actually has there. Mm-hmm. You're also looking at um, the cost of what it's going to take to create a sit down meal. Right, right on, sister. So, so, like, you can't eat that steak standing. You have to have a dining surface. You have to be able to sit down at a table, sit in a chair, right. have a not a paper plate, but a nice, you know, a you know piece of you know, like a solid. What do, I like don't know, a like plate, a, like, like a, a plate, <laughs> like a stoneware, or a, a porcelain, or whatever yeah, plate. Right. And um, and you're gonna need cutlery, a steak right. knife, all that stuff. A and variety that just, of glassware. Yes, glassware. You know, and, and, and maybe you know, in the venue that you're in, you know, they may have glassware. They may have tables. They may have linens. But they're not gonna chairs. have. They're not gonna have napkins. No, you're gonna be you're paying, have to rent those. Somebody's so gonna be paying yes. to rent. You know, and, and basically by, all yes, that stuff that a restaurant would have. All yeah. of these things that I'm going to list right here are going to add up into your bottom line so when i say i have 25 dollars per person well then you're going to be spending 50 at least cents per person for a knife 50 cents per person yes. for a fork and yes. you know a dollar per person for a plate and so on and so forth yeah so dollars for a napkin you just you <laughs> yeah. just cut into your food, food budget, budget. Uh-huh. not and by the way that often will include alcohol too so uh-huh. you know the amount of food you have left for actual the amount of money you have and left in your budget for actual food and booze is, is maybe <laughs> 
Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. about at least a third of that is going to go to rentals. Yeah. And uh, it's a big you know, expense. And don't forget, the people serve it to you. Yes. So you got to pay them because those people work their asses off. And so that's a big chunk of that money. Right. So when you say, oh, I've got a $35 per person budget, you know what? That's not going to get you that much. much. It's actually not going to get you that much. It isn't. Well, not if you mm-hmm. want to have a sit, it's down, a down dinner meal. Right. At, you know, and you want to replicate a restaurant in a in a venue know, in a venue that doesn't have a even if you have a full kitchen right it's still you're still going to be paying basically to recreate everything that you're going to see at a restaurant table right right which is now crazy. and a lot of this could be avoided if you just booked a restaurant and, and a lot of restaurants have this by the way they have they have sort of private areas private yep. rooms and you know there's a limitation to how large those rooms are some, I think 100, some about 50 to 100 people will have yeah 50 to 100 and you know and they have all that stuff on on like on site you don't have to rent it it's all kind of included it's because they're a restaurant that's what they're in the business right. of having they they have glasses and plates and, and cutlery and chairs and tables. I mean, that's what restaurants do. And they serve lots yes. of people all at once and they have the right kind of kitchens and the people right. who know what they're doing and it's awesome. Right. Just so, yeah. but, so the, but the halls, those beautiful halls, you know, yes, they're beautiful, but again, you have to set it all up. It's, you know, and so there's, you're, you're starting from scratch in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, so that's one thing to consider if you are looking, if your venue is your priority. So that's right. scenario number one. So real quickly though, yes. I want to say, for instance, um, you know, when we, we, actually had a dinner one night at yeah. a place that was just at a big empty room yes yeah, you know uh-huh. a hall uh-huh. with a prep kitchen yeah. N- but no it's a, it's no a nice prep kitchen it's, a, it's yeah. Ni- yeah. nice clean yes, you know very nice but but it does not have any uh you know no stove no a refrigerator was the most was a refrigerator and sink was the only like appliance that it had correct yeah and we had a, a well, does i thought it have warming ovens i don't know if no, it does okay no. uh does not but um there's a rack, speed rack. But a- uh-huh. uh, anyway, um, we had an, a, a delicious meal. It was uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Um, but you could definitely tell it had been sitting in a warming oven for uh-huh. a minute and a half, you know. Right. I mean, and and uh, it's just it's, it's just the, I mean, and it were, I think there were 300 people there that night. Yeah. Probably. It was a nice, large event. Yeah. It was a nice, large event. And I just, you know, but I, I it, it shows, you know, mm-hmm. it shows when you're trying to do a fine dining experience out of that kind of kitchen. Right. I mean, like I said, it has that smell. The kitchen has that smell. <laughs> that thrift store food smell. <laughs> that makes me sick. That's even hilarious. But, um, I mean, and, and like I said, it, it was good, but uh, definitely limited. Okay. So just, you know, not to toot the horn of the crossroads or the, the bow exchange and what we do, but right. I'm tooting. Um, yeah, we're tooting. We're tooting. We feed 50 people. Yes. We can, we can feed up to 100 people. Yes. We have done a few things that make this you know you don't have to have the sit down you don't have to have the right. the cutlery and the you know all the stuff simple you know right make food uh on the buffet that could be served room temperature right you know make things that are easy to eat without a fork you right. know i mean there or are table surface you or can, table surface. You can hold it in your hand while standing mm-hmm. and talking to your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, maybe you have some uh, nice, you know, bamboo forks and stuff like that. But, you uh-huh. know, all this stuff, you know, it's going to cost you almost nothing. It looks really cute. And it is, um, you know, it, you, you have just, you know, cut your budget in half. Right. And, you know, they're nice, beautiful platters but yeah know, so that you know if you if you're trying to do you know if you got a big haul that would be what i would recommend right you know go with something that's uh 
you know, and, and it can be, it can be hearty. It can right. be, you know, you can be really well, nice. Our, I'd say our menu is pretty hearty. I mean, Very. I don't, I mean, first of all, there's always more than enough uh, mm-hmm. food that's prepared for the group. But second, the, the selections are like, you know, it's good hearty dips with, you know, uh, toasted pita squares and, yeah. you know, uh, crostinis mm. and, yeah. and, um, and, and, you know, and that, an artichoke dip that, that uh-huh. is, you know, served room temperature is so okay, creamy and delicious. Hungry. It's like <laughs> it's lunchtime too. I know. It does not lack <laughs> we always anything. Do. It, no, there's nothing missing from no. that. And, yeah. and, but anyway, so like, yep. okay, so I got knocked And topic, all that was, and all that's done while standing and eating. None mm-hmm. of that requires a table and a chair. Um, you know, you can, you know, it's a total cocktail party style. There's, there's options for chairs and seating for, for mm-hmm. some of the guests who, you know, older folks need a place to sit. That's, you know, there's certain folks, uh, people, maybe, um, gals who are expecting, don't want to stand, you know, but a lot of us younger folks, we want to be mingling. I mean, that's, what's fun. Yeah, you don't want to be, the bar as possible. Right. You want to be, you don't want to be tied to a chair and, you know, and, and nine, <laughs> well, maybe you do. And nine people oh, that you may or may not know. So it's, you know, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's designed intentionally for that. Right. So, um, all right. So the second scenario here, um, menu. Right. Yep. So if your priority is that plated dinner, like you want that to be the centerpiece, because, again, you're having people coming from all yeah. walks of the planet, the country, wherever, <laughs> yeah. the state uh, coming in for your special day. And you want to make sure that they are fed well. Right. And it's Something not just really nice. a lot, but it's delicious. It's good. Uh-huh. So that is your number one important thing. And. And so, and we're, we're going to say that you want to serve them a sit down plated dinner. So like a cut of something like a fish filet or a, a steak or something mm-hmm. and a couple of sides and that's, and that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty, pretty standard, standard, you know, dinner yeah. dish. Um, so if you were to build your event around that, again, consulting with that caterer, they could tell you, all right, so if that's your most important thing these are the venues in this town that you need to be looking at if you want to facilitate that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and in some cases, you know, I'm going to direct you directly to the restaurant. If you have a group that will fit in, you know, Lydia's just go to Lydia's. Save yourself the time and you're good. You will save yourself money, headache. The food's going to be delicious. It's It's going to be hot. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. Exactly. Or uh, you're going to want to go to a place like, like, um, you know, uh, Grace and Holy Trinity. That's the name of the church. Finally got it. Grace and Holy Grace Trinity. And Holy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. Oh my God. That took a minute. But, um, or you're going to find a, a place like that, that, uh-huh. you know, now you're going to pay for it. You will pay, like I said, for all the rentals and all the, you know, the, the extra awesome caterer that can, that can give you a meal like that, but they can pull that off because they have the right kind of kitchen to do it. Right. And it's going to be fresh and it's going to taste amazing. Right. Most so, likely. Right. So you can do that plated dinner. If that is your priority, it's absolutely possible, but you have to first start with what is needed and talk to that caterer first yep. and have them guide you. Uh, number one on where to go to have your event in order to, to provide that yep. vision. And then number two, they're going to tell you what it's going to cost you. And yeah. you better be prepared to have a deep <laughs> pocket for that kind of an option. It's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be cheap. Right. And like we were saying, $35 will barely get you there per no, person. No, I think you're going to be looking at that starting point probably at $50 a person. Yes, That's at least. typical. Yes. I would say. And that and that uh, is like for chicken. You know, right. If you want to get into a nicer, nicer cut of meat, then, you know, that's going to be more expensive. Yeah. And so that, and that might include a couple of cor- like a salad and a, sure, you know, sure. And, and, yeah, but, but that's yeah. also, I mean, yeah. that's meaning that we're fine dining. We are like nice cutlery, you know, linen napkins. Right. Um, somebody, you know, cause you're going to be paying, it's not like, you know, some, you know, uh, server's just going to schlep that 
food in, you know, uh, in a in a warming pan and right. then just dish it onto the plate and get the kind of result you want. You have to pay a chef at least yes. one to be there on site to cook that so food to for make you. it right. Yep. not cheap. And then in that way, if you do have guests that have dietary restrictions, they can probably accommodate that sure. too. So sure thing. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and and it can be scaled, but again, you'll pay for it. Right. Scaled to a, right. you know, and to then, another person. And on the, top, on the topic of scaled, there is even a sort of a limit. Your caterer is also going to tell you, okay, yep. if you really do want to perform or pr- provide this type of meal for your event, um, do not invite more than, say, 200 people. Like, that is the top of what we can do. Yeah, the quality is going to start suffering. Yeah, you're going to, you know, you're, you could do it, but then the food won't be delicious. It might not be hot by the time your guests get it. Like, it's going to be yeah. cold. Like, it's not going to be good. So there is, there are limitations to being, you can do it, but there are limitations to being able to achieve that sit-down dinner. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the last scenario that we wanted to, uh, the last scenario, baby. Denaro, <laughs> right? And Robert this is probably number one thing, but I know a lot of us, yeah. you know, most most of us folks don't have endless pockets of cash for our wedding. Well. And and so budget <laughs> is the number one lens yeah. that we're looking at this through. And so w- for the sake of the discussion, we'll say that this um, that this event, we're going to uh, carve out $20 per person. Yeah. What can you do? Catherine, for, yeah. I want you to tell me. Catherine was, you know, like catering, you know, uh, apprentice genius. Because I was like, you know, she was came, came up with this great. I got twenty bucks. Uh-huh. What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Well, you would say, yeah. when, what time of the day do you serve your food? Right. When? That's it. You were saying that. Well, I would. I would maybe uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away from those meal times. Yeah. The, the you're not gonna that twenty dollars is not gonna be enough food or enough money to feed a meal to your guests. So yeah. you're looking at cocktail hour with some apps and that's past appetizers. Yes. Is a great. And great. fancy. It feels fancy. Feels fancy. Feels nice. And this is totally worth your guest time. And by the way, it's more fun. You yeah, know, stand up to I chat. think that idea, and I said it just earlier, the idea of sitting down and being sort of tethered to a chair for a, yeah. for a 40 minute, you know, meal or whatever that I'm being fed. It's like, it's kind of like, all right, if I have to, when really you just right. kind of want to like, can I, let me just go get a drink from the bar and yeah. go find a group of people and chat with them and fill up a plate of food and nosh on it while I do that. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I love the idea too, is that, you know, the thing that's kind of cool about doing the past appetizer thing uh, at a sort of casual non-meal time of the day mm-hmm. you know like i said it could be it could be two or two in the afternoon or something like that it could also be later in the evening mm-hmm. you know after dinners yeah eight o'clock ish adjust desserts adjust desserts or you know and the thing that's kind of cool about that with the past appetizers is that you can actually really get adventurous you know yes. you can find a caterer who's like oh i would lo- i've been meaning to try out this really cool new you know whatever you know ceviche that i can serve in these little you know you know uh cool you know cups and whatever uh-huh. you know those are kind of fun you know and uh-huh. it's it feels like everybody that you're you know you're having that experience with you're it's like sampling new right. things and that's getting, fun getting a nice little smorgasbord of a lot of delicious yeah. little things you're creative with that you know your venue or creative with your budget uh-huh. um, or your menu even you know there's a lot of things you can do um that can kind of get the look for less you know right you can, you can yes. make it seem very fancy right and elegant, like, right. like I said, you know, a cocktail party with past hors d'oeuvres can be done fairly inexpensively, right. but it seems fancy because seems when somebody's fancy. bringing, yes. 
you know, you're mainly paying the server to bring it around to you. Right. So you can skip all those per person plates and per person glasses and per person rentals you know, and all that crap, uh, napkins yeah. and, and a chair that everybody, yeah. not everybody has to sit down at this party. You would no. have a percentage of your guests have a accessible seating available again for your older guests who, you know, yeah. standing for, you know, at a cocktail party would be kind of challenging, but but in this kind of scenario, you could you know have a little bit of seating area, have a yeah. lot of you know bar heights, and 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 then just allow your folks to have a a, a mix and mingle type of event, and yeah. that would be a lot of fun to attend and not terribly expensive because you're skipping so much cost, so right on, and, and, and all the and all the considerations for that. So and again, having it in the middle of the day or later in the evening would would get you there so well, and i yeah. think i think you know to me also there's one little, little a, uh, aspect i want to add to this is that you know um things that are not the norm are the things that you remember like oh that was so cool we had that what uh-huh. so and so's wedding was like oh it was later at night wasn't yeah. it didn't even start until eight the kids you know? were already in bed we you know we yeah, hired a sitter I mean, yeah because like <laughs> i'm gonna tell adults. you how many times I, <laughs> I i don't even know they all kind of blend together where uh-huh. like you know the wedding starts at five and then the dinner's at six thirty, and that's fine i mean it is sure. a typical you know time frame but there is something really special and exciting mm-hmm. about let's one what why not have a brunch wedding right you know why not have serve mimosas and some like it starts at 10 and in, yeah. yeah or or like your ceremony is super early in the morning and it ends at 10 and so your party yeah. is yeah earlier in the and, day uh you know th- i think that kind of um creativity with your you know like with your menu with your time yes. frame can not only you know save you some money and some stomach lining it can also make for a more memorable event because yes. it's not the standard it's right. not to sit down and eat your chicken and, right you know like just like every other meal you've had at every other wedding right this is really super cool oh, we got to try all these fun appetizers and you yeah. know we had the signature cocktail and it was super fun and then we all yeah. went home yeah great Love it fantastic um but yeah i think that this is i think we've done a good job of summing up that so this this expectation that you know these beautiful fancy venues that have um and and trying to do a sit down dinner at them that's not necessarily a thing so you know that that that's kind of a sort of an expectation of the past it was sort of um pioneered in the era of banquet halls during the 50s and people are shying away from banquet halls because they seem sort of trad and boring and um and uh you're looking to do something more unique well there comes a trade-off with that so this is us you can do better yeah you you can can do do better better. you can do better so um you can still have the beautiful venue you can still do it on budget and you don't have to do a sit-down meal and you know you there's so many more if you can get yourself out of that thinking there's actually so much more you can do with your event and the food and 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 entertaining your guests so definitely i think this uh, yeah i I hope this was helpful yeah it's certainly fun talking about it i love talking about food and that kind of stuff and extraordinary (laughs) (laughs) parties (laughs) so if you made it this far in the podcast yes no thank you so much for joining us today yay Uh, yeah see you next week yes we look forward to having you back on i do rescue i'm not sure what we'll talk about next time but (laughs) (laughs) but assured it'll be something that challenges the way we think extraordinary extraordinary. (laughs) (laughs) so true awesome well thank you again everybody and we will see you next time on id rescue good night and good luck (laughs) i love that you just said good night and it's only like 12 o'clock i have no idea bye bye